Welcome to RPG Cast episode 420. 420, yo! Yeah! Yo, Kelly. Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah! What we doing? I think we're podcasting, dude. Oh, that's so righteous. Oh, yeah. Anna Marie, you down for Weedcast 420? <laughs> No. No? Oh, come on. Uh, play along with the joke. Pascal, you down for Weedcast 420? What's up, bro? You know yo, it. Yo. Oh, man. Alex and Alice, you both English. You don't have weed over there, do you? Yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> Alice is token right now, right? Totally. <laughs> 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 that was the best reply I've ever heard. It's totally. April 1st, and I am Mr. T. Yeah? <laughs> because I pity the fools. Ah, uh, <laughs> all right. So this is not actually weed cast. That's, that's our really bad April jo- fool's joke. Thank you, Kelly. Um, oh, I just spilled coffee. Um, let's see. Again? Shush. So we're here to bring you RPG stuff. Um... Stuff and things. You've been waiting years for episode four. No, I'm just making sure I don't need to clean this coffee up right now. That's all. Okay. So, <laughs> yes, I've been making. You're right. How many years has it been since 2007? 12? I thought it was 2005. I don't know. Let's go to the thing. <laughs> to the thing for <laughs> Weedcast. How long has it been since <laughs> the, the dream of Weedcast was initially launched? Cast. first episode this sheet this page is so long now um <laughs> about 420 episodes long you no, might that's say? right september 11 2007 okay yeah was 420 even a thing back then uh yeah <laughs> i i gotta imagine it was <laughs> so the, these uh the the rpg cast and 420 became a thing at around the same time uh, man 10 years of podcasting almost what does that even mean? Means Where has the time a, gone? Means we should make a new show, probably. <laughs> oh, people. It is not Weedcast. It is April Fool's Day, but I don't have a lot of April Fool's jokes for you because it's like, it's the day of. So usually that happens like before the podcast and then we could talk about our favorites, but that's uh, that's not the case today. Sorry. I'm Squeenix. Squeenix did tweet out a uh, new DLC episode, Kenny the Crow. Oh, yeah? For Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. Yeah, where you get to fish up 13 salmon. Mm. Yeah, there's also Tactics Alexander. Tactics Alexander? Yeah, it was basically the Alexander raid done in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics format. Ooh! I want to check that out. Yeah, it gives yeah. Alexander an old school twist. And right, here we go. Oh, wow. 
Okay. Yeah. Why not? And it's got a video and everything. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> um, it's got a cutscene and everything, Anna. Bamco announced um, Tales of Something XL or something like that. Tales of Vesperia R. Which made people very upset. Yeah, that that that's um do you remember that that one I did for the site a number of years ago? It's kind of on that level. That one got me legitimate hate mail. <laughs> Every time we do good April Fool's Day jokes, we get hate mail. That's how we know they're good April Fool's Day jokes. Didn't Bioware like one of your ideas? Yeah. I mean, we've actually had companies retweet our stories. Um, I think the the irony is is uh, however many years it's been since I made that particular April Fool's joke, we did actually get a Super Robot Wars game in English. <laughs> I mean, how many? Didn't you announce something like ten new Super Robot Wars games in English? No, or something I, ridiculous? I just I just I specifically announced it was uh, an English port of I think it was the PS2 one. Oh um, right, but I mean, this was like after the PS4 came out, wasn't it? No, no, no. This was like four years oh. ago. Okay. Remember, I've been, I've been, I've been with the site now for like what four years or something. Okay. I know, I know. Time really flies. So uh, yeah, no, I I wrote that one, and and oh man, that was uh, that did not go down well with some people. Sorry, <laughs> I do things because I love. <laughs> I still I can't find any Blizzard ones. And it's really they, they've only done the fake patch notes today. I've been checking their site. Freaking only two. Um, my husband gave them to me actually. Maybe they posted it via the forum or something. Yeah, because I've been checking there, well, as much as I can. I don't see anything. Yeah, they didn't do anything big this year, I think, because April Fool's is a Saturday. Oh, who cares? No one's in the office to clean up afterwards. Yeah. They'd have to leave it up for the weekend. Good. Nothing wrong with that. My husband. My husband posted the fake patch notes in the chat room, so those are always good for a laugh. To avoid confusion with demon hunters, the hunter class has been renamed to shooty, stabby, outdoorsy types. (laughs) What? (laughs) Alrighty then. Uh, Alright, let's see. Um... (laughs) <laughs> what do we actually have to talk about? Uh, Games? Do, we don't have any of our stories up yet. Are we not posting anything this year? Uh, I think we only had one, and uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, this yeah, t- probably not, because I forgot about it until yesterday. This is terrible. This is terrible. You're all fired. Next year will be really good, because we should have the new site by then, and we'll have everyone will be motivated. It won't be a pain in the butt to post things. So, all right. Well, uh, so the, there's April Fool's for you. Sorry for that disappointing mess. Speaking of disappointing messes, Alex, I've really been waiting weeks now to hear you talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. I know you're playing it because I get a notice every time you start playing the game via the Mass Effect Andromeda app that Severin Mira has started playing Mass Effect Andromeda. And it really, really? bugs me. Yes. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've been playing it a lot. <laughs> Why are you segueing into that from um, 
interesting messes or whatever you just had. Disappointing messes? Yeah, disappointing. Disappointing? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why would I think that Mass Effect Andromeda has anything in common with disappointing messes? You're right. Well, what was I thinking? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex? I'll stop playing it now anyway. I finished it. You finished it? Yeah. But you're going to go back and play it lots more, right? Well, no, because I did most of the content, so there's not really much for me to go back and do now. Oh, okay. But yeah, that took me about 73 hours, so... 73 all... hours? Yeah. That's a lot more than I figured it would take. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in it. All right. A lot of so, things, anyway. All right. So, not. I don't want to waste time talking about facial animations or any of that. Tell me, is this a fun game or not? Well, I think it is. It's basically how you. What you think of it is going to depend on your expectations going in. Is if you want basically more Mass Effect style stuff, then you're probably going to be fine because this one is just it is more Mass Effect basically. The only main issue is basically the overall plot isn't as good as the original series because it just doesn't feel as well crafted as all the other aspects did. So like the main three, there's sort of three main aspects which are the Ket, which are the evil empire you end up meeting there. There is the remnant technology, which is a bit like the um, whoever was the race that disappeared in Mass Effect. Protheans. Protheans, that's the one. They're a bit like that, although they're sort of they're more technologically advanced, I think. And there's the Scourge, which is a mysterious random force that just causes generic havoc to everything. Oh boy. So that's the thing. Right. But yeah, but yeah, so there's not really much to the overall story that's been well crafted. It's just a bit, a bit off. But all the stuff like the character stories are still there. You've still got shooty, you still got shooty stuff. You still got all the skills and everything. So you still got romances to have. Yep, still romances and etc. All right. So um, who'd you get with? Uh, I went with the female rider because. No, just because. And no, 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 no. Oh, no, oh, get okay. with. Yeah, no. who'd you get well, with? Yeah. The real question. <laughs> I went with Jarl because he was most entertaining. Oh, all right. That's fair. He seems to be the most interesting character as well because all the others are sort of... Well, uh, that's what everyone's... That's what I've been hearing a lot is that Jarl is like the interesting the character. Yeah, well, basically when you meet uh, the Angara, which is Jarl's race, is basically when the plot actually starts kicking off... In an interesting manner, so you actually get all of the stuff. Like, does it actually get interesting then? It gets interesting more sort of when you get to learning about all the other stuff. So all the um, all the character stories start kicking off around that point. You get a lot more of the side content starts kicking and getting interesting. So it's it's more being propped up by the extra stuff better than it was before when it's just trying to introduce everything. It's not really doing a brilliant job of it. How long does it take to get to that point? Um, it's, not too it's basically just off. I think it's slightly after when you um, when the AI access bit ended. Oh, of course. <laughs> just after <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so I think yeah, so 10, 15 hours, I think. Oh, well, the EA so, yeah, access so bit is only like five five hours in, so... 
Okay, well, probably 10 then. I can't remember how long that was because it was a while ago. They let you play for 10, but like if you just mainline the story, it's five till you get to the point that they don't let you progress anymore. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably 10 then because I think that gives you enough time to do a lot of the side stuff in AOS anyway. Okay, yeah. Well, that you have unlocked at that moment. You go back again afterwards, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, all right. So... Well, <laughs> Do you like the combat in this game? I mean, it's the same as the other Mass Effect games. So, I mean, is is that something that you come well, to Mass well, Effect for? Do you enjoy that part? Uh, I'm sort of indifferent to it. I'm more happy that they refocused on exploration. Okay. okay. I like that bit of Mass Effect 1 more than I like sort of the combat focus of 2 and 3. So, would you refer yeah. to exploration? Do you mean exploration with your ship in space or exploration on the planets? On the planets. On the planets, okay. Because yeah, what I what I played of the stuff in space was just slow and boring. So. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the space stuff's a bit. No, it's not a big focus on the game. Okay. The the scanning and stuff isn't as it, it's not as important. Oh, it has at all, this so long can... animation between every single planet. It just takes forever. Yeah, it's not too bad when you're just moving around between things because you're only doing it once. But yeah, when you are actually doing a bit of scanning everything, and yeah, that takes. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Too long. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how does exploration on the planets work? What are you What are you exploring? What are you finding? It's well, my immediate comparison is Dragon Age Inquisition, just because the way you've got the big, the sort of big sec- section of map that you can go to with loads of. Um, points of interest on it you got that, although it's not quite as busy as the Dragon Age Inquisition stuff it's not full, completely full with filler like that one is it's a bit better laid out but yeah you've basically just got a load of quest markers go around to them with loads of points of interest and you just go around exploring usually driving the Nomad which is pretty fun to drive actually yeah I, I did enjoy driving that um, did you yeah. uh, you can't flip the Nomad over you can't oh yeah no I know I, I did try it. <laughs> yeah. I got to roll over once, but it basically also, also self-rights. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> what is... um? All right, so you're exploring, and then you're finding quest points, and so what are you doing when you get to those points? Is it all combat? Are you finding treasures? Is it actual quests, or is it a combination? It's a combination. Most of them will have shooting it okay. fairly frequently, but it's not too bad. <laughs> so I, you... you you know, you're tolerating the shooting and you enjoy the exploration, but then if the reward for the exploration is more shooting, is that really good? It's more shooting and more sort of story stuff, quest stuff, so it, you are talking to people. Okay. Shooting, so, the, the, yeah, it's, it will intersperse sort of different bits, either scanning, sort of slash investigating, shooting, or talking to people. You get a nice mixture of the of the three things, so. Right, I mean, so. The, the combat is strong, it's just not something that I really care too much for so i felt like um from the five hour demo that i played that the writing was garbage um does the writing improve are there better side quests or do you get like some some relationships with uh npcs that don't join your party that are actually good or enjoyable or anything uh, there's a few of them they're not too heavy on the ones outside of your party most of the focus is the ones sort of on your ship on your party and okay. they they're generally ri- very strong it's just yeah the yeah the writing is fumbles quite a bit which is probably the ending sequence as well i quite enjoyed so just okay so that's already puts it above uh mass effect 3 then if it had a good ending (laughs) 
All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Wow. <laughs> that's, well, that's good. Um, all right. <laughs> hmm. It gets better. It doesn't. It doesn't reach its sort of the apex of the series at all, but it gets better and it starts off. Oh, I see get, what you did there. Little, apex. A lot more interesting. Yeah. The Apex teams. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been sending strike teams the on my Apex, app. The Apex stuff, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, did you do any multiplayer? Did you do any of that stuff? I went into it briefly and it completely turned me off. It, <laughs> didn't, seem, it didn't seem at all interesting. It People just really liked Mass Effect 3's multiplayer and it was it was mel- well made. It just wasn't necessarily my thing for long periods of time. But um, did you enjoy that stuff or... Do you just not? Uh, I did enjoy Three's multiplayer when I went into it. But no. I think the problem with the problem with Andromeda is it sort of throws you into a really confusing UI, and then oh. the first mission you basically just seem to be fighting against random waves of opponents, and there's not there doesn't seem to be much. It's a bit difficult to figure out what's going on when you sort of first go into it, so it just completely fails to sort of capture attention at the start. So okay, it might be more interesting once you, if you manage to get some time and put some time into it but it didn't really give me any reason to do that so i mean you don't you don't need it for anything the single player you just get bits of loot like in the apex stuff so so would you say but, that the story is a good enough draw to play this on its own or only if you're really in a mass effect probably only if you're really into mass effect and even then are you going to be so disappointed by how not truly mass effect this measures up to <laughs> i don't know like dep- how does that work you, you know <laughs> it, it does depend what you took away from the original mass effect if you yeah. want sort of proper hard hard sci-fi is the sci-fi in andromeda is feels a lot softer especially when it comes to things like the scourge and the remnant which basically you've got no idea how any of it works but we can use it so hooray stuff happens all right <laughs> so yeah like my, it's not um, quite go ahead so yeah, it's not quite got stuff like the Mass Effect drives and how all that was sort of tied together. That doesn't really factor in here. Mm-hmm. I um I remember very little from the original trilogy. That's actually um I guess like the main storyline. The the parts that I really remember mostly from the the second and the third game, I guess mostly revolve around the the crew members. So, um like I don't I mean I don't think. You know, we're worried about spoiling anything in like Mass Effect Two at this point, but um, the the final the suicide mission, the the way that I remember it is just basically um, as it relates to your crew members, not really as it impacts the story. I I don't remember why the suicide mission happened or you know what the outcome of it was. Um, you fight the Terminator. Narrative. Well, I you say that in a that doesn't oh, yeah, mean I that to be. I, did, I, did <laughs> I don't. I really don't even. Yeah, there's a reason it. you don't remember how it ends because it's oh, not. Okay. It's not a good payoff. And, and yet, I would, you know, um, and a lot of, like a lot of people, I feel like Mass Effect Two is the the best of the three. But to me, it's because of what happens. Yep. Like the the relationship building. It with is. The crew, yeah, you know? you're absolutely right. It's that crew building experience and doing the loyalty missions and all that stuff felt real good. Yep. So, and same thing for Mass Effect Three. Uh, I don't. I really don't remember too much about the actual story, but I remember how individual um, storylines ended up. You know, um, uh, <laughs> I don't remember their names, but with the <laughs> with some of the alien crew members. Oh man, Mor- Morlock or whatever his name was. Morden, <laughs> the scientist. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> if that's what I. 
<laughs> Will I get more of that in, in the new Mass Effect? Because I apparently the main storyline has just never interested me that much. I don't think it's as well tied together as it was in 2 and 3. So it's not... I mean, 2, you were... Even with, when we had the suicide mission, it was actually sort of tying in together that you done all those loyalty missions. Andromeda doesn't really do that. So it's sort of a bit more distinct... Each, each individual story sort of feels a bit more distinct than two and three, where they're a bit more connected towards everything. You you also you don't get those sort of, those recruitment bits as well. You don't get as much. You sort of, you get the team together very quickly. There's no real mission to go on, sort of retrieve someone or rescue someone or and stuff like that. You sort of basically meet them and then they join fairly quickly. Yeah, I think my expectations were really high for this game, and and I told Alex after I read his review, I felt a little um, turned off to it. Yeah. So let's see, what did you score that? I haven't posted it yet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> and, and look to, look forward to, to that uh, this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll probably go up Sunday or Monday. So okay. <sighs> Thank you, Alex. I've been waiting to hear score, about this. You should score it a 4.2. <laughs> for 420, you know. Yeah. No. Actually, one, one thing I do like is that it mo- it has moved away from the Paragon Renegade stuff, which I appreciate. Yeah, but th- now Did does you- it matter, though? Like, So what are those tr- prompts that you get if they're not Paragon or Renegade? They're sort of they're four uh, personality traits sort of thing. So you get the emotional, logical, casual, professional, but it basically means you get to play a more rounded character rather than either a goody two shoes. But or I mean, just are they jerk. doing anything? Are they influencing anything? When you make the choices in a particular category, do they make any other difference in the game? In the category, no. But there's there, there's quite a lot of points where you will make decisions that are going to impact things either later on in the game or down the line. So I think there's a there's one place. I think Kadara, where you basically have two competing factions, and sort of there's what where you basically end up choosing who's ends up in charge. So well, I just feel like most of the conversations in that game are like um, choosing between four poorly written lines with different squiggly icons on top of them that don't do mean anything. Is there? If am I missing something with that system? Uh, no, I think that's. Sort of depends on what you want from it. I mean, I I preferred it just because you get more tailored responses that are sort of more down the middle than either being sort of ridiculously good or ridiculously jerkish. So okay, you said you were happy that that's gone. I was. Although I think as Chris mentioned, they could probably have done a better job in terms of actually writing the responses. So in the previous so, games or in this game, in oh, this game. So I yeah, it's a bit. Really of, a it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of trade-off. You that you get, you get more options, but they're not as interesting. I think so. I guess if options. They, are... If they did a bit, if they did a better job writing it, then it probably would be easier I'm... to say it's better. I mean, am, am I way off base? Like, I feel like that's kind of going away. That you know, good cop, bad cop thing. I haven't seen that in a game I've played in a while, really. So what? Oh, the. Being really the good completely really evil or the completely good because I mean I think it I don't know I've I've never really been a fan of that um, 
And right, but what it's been replaced with in most games, and this is where Witcher Three just like kills this in, in a lot of areas, right? But they you have these these gray options, but each one has a consequence. Where I feel like with the Mass Effect one, it's just four ways of saying the same thing, unless I'm really mm-hmm. missing something. Well, in Mass Effect, um, like I usually, I think I usually chose the the good response or the you know the hero response. Sure. But I feel like if I'm because that's like who I felt like my shepherd was. And then that's what I would pick during what almost every conversation. I mean, I, I don't know if it ever really, if I ever um, chose the, the evil response at all. So, I mean, it would have had the same effect if you had just given me one choice at the beginning of the game saying, hey, do you want to be the good guy or the bad guy? Because I'm going to pick that way anyway. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not gonna right. su- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's but why they it, got rid of it. I just it. never used it. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's good. I, I was, I don't know. Show of hands, who? But the who thing is, I mean, that? the question is, if my choice is between a conversation system where I have choices and the choices don't matter, and the old Mass Effect system, I'm going to choose the old Mass Effect system because then I have choices that matter. And my choice is between the old Mass Effect system and a, a new system where I have four choices and the choices are all different shades of gray and they all matter. Well, yeah, then I see your point. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I don't know. Did you like uh, the it, way it, they did it, Alex? I mean, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> I like the way they did it. I think the thing with the old system was that a lot of the choices didn't matter, but they sort of had the impact on the um, yeah your meter yeah mm-hmm. yeah the meter. So yeah, there's sort of a yeah thing they that unlocked you choices for you later is what they did in yeah. the old games. Yeah, but here I don't feel like you're unlocking choices later. Are you? Uh, it doesn't seem that way. No, no. so it's a fair argument, especially when you compare it with how the Witcher handles stuff in the quest. So yeah, it it does a few gray areas, but yeah, nowhere near as well as the witcher yeah it'd be great if like if That's you it. just keep choosing the logical thing you become this cold impassionate person and it has a big change on your ending and, and drama that would be something but that doesn't seem to be what they're doing oh whatever. yeah it doesn't it doesn't look like they've managed to do something like that in this one anyway mm-hmm. oh, they leave this game open for sequels or no oh yeah oh yeah okay yep <laughs> very much so <laughs> no we'll see all right, Alex. What else have you been playing? Yeah, I'm playing. Uh, I've been playing Demetrius the Big Cynical Adventure. Okay, what is that? <laughs> it's it's basically a point and click game, well, point and click adventure game on. Oh, I've been playing on PlayStation Vita. So I'm not sure if it's out on anything else. I think it probably is. But I just, I just wanted to play an adventure game, and that was the only one on Vita that I hadn't really played yet. So looks like it's also but on. P- it's, Whoa, it's, that's loud. Stop. Okay, it's also on PC. Um, Alex. <laughs> it just blasted yeah, it, the stream. It, it, yeah, it's a slightly humorous point-and-click adventure game. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's very sta- irreverent. Yeah. Oh, what? I died on the first screen is one of the screenshots here. So. Oh, yeah, there's, pl- there's plenty of ways to uh, die, but it sort of just dumps you back to what you ever you did immediately before you died. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you're supposed to do stuff like that. <laughs> is it fun? F- Well-written? Um... It's not too bad. You can tell it's probably not. It's not written by someone whose first language is English. I think it's. I think it's a French development team. Oh, okay. Especially by the fact that you start off in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty fun. It does have a setting for toilet humor. Yeah, like the chamber pot expo- exposition. You can try them. 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I turned to some because it was a bit much on full. Alright. Yeah, it's 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 decent. Nothing particularly special, but I'm enjoying it. So cool. I'll work my way through that. It looks like you've been yeah, playing baseball as well, huh? Yeah, I started playing the new out of the park baseball game came out, so I just started a new game on that. I spent a lot of time. I spent far too much time playing with the the creation system because it has. It, they've added promotion and relegation and sort of international tournaments to it this year. So I was playing around with that for far too long. The promotion. I think you're the only yeah. You're the only person on the um, on the PlayStation, what the the friends list or whatever it's called that I, that I know that plays sports games. Uh, oh, this one's a PC. This one, but yeah, I did stop playing. I won't be Oh, show there's well so today. many stats in this game. Oh my gosh, I can't. It's baseball. Do this. Yeah, but <laughs> usually baseball video games are not about the stats. It's about like hitting the ball. It's a management game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for when you hit the ball, and that doesn't happen here. Okay. You don't hit the ball. The, <laughs> you don't hit the ball. That's all the, I want to know. The, uh, the AI says whether the AI guy hit the ball or not. <laughs> hit the ball. Yes, no. It should be a required category next to a sports game. Do you hit the ball? <laughs> all right. Oh, you can get it in a bundle with Franchise Hockey Manager 3. That you can. <laughs> the next generation no what does it say is it the next the next generation of hockey strategy nice okay it is the next generation good job okay uh, i think we're done with you um <laughs> yep <laughs> alice <laughs> oh go ahead <laughs> alice, <laughs> alice have you been playing fantasy star 2 online too still yeah i have all right sorry uh, you know anything? that game that <laughs> You know, that game that everyone wants to come to North America and then won't and then adds a North American map anyway? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything unique this week or is this more the same? Um, I actually had to go at the other um, mining defense quest. Uh, so that, that came up on the rotation, uh, I think it was yesterday evening. Um, hey, guess what? That one's really hard as well. Jesus. <laughs> it's almost as if, it's almost as if these tower defense missions that Sega keep putting in the game are actually difficult. Is that good? Um, well, I kind of wanted something from it, but we failed, so I didn't get it. Oh. You, know, the only rewards you get for if you fail the tower defense mission are the EXP and any uh any item drops before the quest fails. Is it easy to jump into those with random people, or do you have to like organize a party? Um, to be fair, the ones that succeed are probably the more organized ones, but I have done pugs for all of them and I've succeeded in about half of them. Okay. Yeah, that's something. Sometimes it, it, it's, it, it's a difficult mission, um, and you do get quite a few derps doing them, including myself. Mm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> mm. Um. What else you been playing? Um, well, the reason why I put Hitman on there was, um, while I am still working on getting my mission mastery up on a couple of levels to unlock things, uh, David and I, um, found a, uh, from a, uh, a show he was watching, um, the, the Hitman Roulette. Okay, what is that? 
So there's a site that uh, generates, uh, it picks a random mission, and then it allocates uh, a kill method and a disguise to each target in that mission at random. Okay. Oh, so, so the site tells you, gives you your challenge, and then you just yeah, do so it. Okay. And then you just do it. Yeah. So me and me and David tried playing that, and that's actually it. Really does mix things up quite a lot, um, because you have to. I mean, we had to do. We did Sapienza as a random. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember which way around we had to do it. We had to kill um, Silvio Caruso as um, the Bohemian. There's a there's a stoner in the level you nice. disguise yourself as. Uh, which does mean that you have to, and we had to do it uh, with an as an accident. So uh, thankfully, Sapienza has that exploding golf ball. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which I think counts, or it might not do. Otherwise, you might have to like drop a chandelier on him. <laughs> of course, um, that counts as an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what we had to kill the female scientist as because David David won that one. He knows the level much better than me. Ah. Um, we also tried, um, we also did, uh, Paris and that was to kill, um, the guy with an accident, which we both used the lighting rig on the fashion show. Well, why wouldn't you? And then, and then we had, I think we had to do, um, Margolis as the vampire magician with oh, like no. a, a throat, <laughs> a thrown weapon or something like that. It was like a battle axe or something. Well, that, you can't sneak around as that. No, I know it, it's it's it, it does give you some genuinely difficult challenges, but um, I think after sort of playing it a little bit, it it it's pretty fun. Well, I mean, because considering David and I now sit together at our computers, so it you know it's just a fun little. It's almost like our version of couch co-op, mm. except we're not couch, we're not co-oping. Sure. Um, so yeah, no, that's 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 why I play a man on there, um, and I'm. I think you could just do like Google Hitman, but I can't remember the name of the site. Um, it will give you the random generator that we used. Um, and then the last game I played was uh, I picked up Hearts of Iron 4 in the sale this week. Um, that's an interesting game. It's a lot more user friendly than the previous one. I, I don't know how familiar people are with Hearts of Iron. Not really. It's Paradox does World War Two. Yeah. Oh. So as, a, as a first-person shooter or a strategy game? Strategy. So okay. the developers of Crusader Kings 2 and Europe Universalized 4 set a game in World War II. Alright, so first question. Do you take saves from previous games or take this save and put it into further games? Uh, no. Okay. I think, although there may be, I think I've heard um, people are starting to make like fan-made converters for save games. I don't think one exists for Hearts of Iron 4 yet. Oh, okay. Because that's my favorite um, part about their games is when you. <laughs> so there are there, at the moment there are only two historical starts. Okay. Uh, there is the start of 1936, um, and then there is um, I think it's 1940, 1941. Mm-hmm. So you can already play with the with the war in progress. Yeah. Um, which does mean that uh, you, the the basic historical start has the the world as it as it was in 1936 with all of the historical sort of. Factions and so on in in their correct places. Yeah. Uh, so Stanley Baldwin's prime minister in England. Um, Hitler has taken power in Germany. Uh, Mussolini's in charge of Italy. Uh, you know, so on and so forth. Um, 
What you can do when creating a new game, however, is there is a setting, um, there's like a tick box. And if you have it ticked, the AI will follow sort of roughly historical lines with its choices for their country. Okay. So you end up with a, a World War II that's sort of broadly similar to reality. Uh, you, if you turn that off, um, you get crazy things like France turning into a fully communist nation in 1937. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I mean, in my first game, um, the, the World War ended with communists basically controlling everything from France right the way to Vladivostok. They were everywhere. <laughs> I think even Spain went communist. <laughs> um, and in that game, I played as Canada. Uh, <laughs> I I played as Canada. Oops. I declared. No wonder I you declared, lost. I declared. <laughs> well, I declared independence from um, America. <laughs> no, I declared independence from the UK. Oh, okay. Uh, and then like I. The real Canada did. And then I, um, well, at the moment, in, in Hearts of Iron Fork, Canada is considered a dominion of the United St of the United Kingdom. Okay, um, that's, it is, that's kind of what we were, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, so it is possible to declare full independence and then immediately ally with the United States and form a uh, sort of North American alliance faction. Uh what that ended up was, was after the German invasion, no, sorry, it was the Italian invasion of England, was the North American continent sort of became the last place that democracy survived in the world, which is probably how a few people <laughs> envisioned the United States anyway. Um, in this particular game I'm playing, um, so, I, you know, I, I, I benched that game, I started a new one. Um, I started a couple more, but on this particular one, I am playing a democratic Japan. Sure. Um, yeah. So it was. I, I found it was surprisingly easy to turn Japan into a democracy. Um, and then roughly around the time that Germany invaded Russia, um, I invaded Russia as well from from the other side. Um, so at the moment, uh, there was. I actually control large, like large swathes of uninhabitable wasteland in eastern Russia. Oh, perfect! And and Germany controls the rest. <laughs> so they've got in, all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so Germany basically controls the everywhere from Frankfurt to uh, just east of the Ural Mountains. Mm. Uh, Poland doesn't exist. They 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 kind of get screwed in a lot of Hearts of Iron games. They're not in a particularly good place. <laughs> Um, oh, and uh, France doesn't really exist either outside of their huge swathes of territory in North Africa. Uh, they got take they were conquered by Italy ages ago. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so this, this has gone to some very strange places. Like, at the moment, the Neo-Ottoman Empire controls Turkey. A lot of furniture. <laughs> yeah. Not that <clears throat> kind of Ottoman. Oh, okay. So, and, so, do these games take like around the the length of the World War II that it was, or do they end up going for many more is, years? Um, well, the year is currently 1947, and I'm at war with Germany, and I'm just trying to invade from the east. And I realized that the people who said that you never fight a land war in Asia were entirely 100 percent correct. Uh huh. You don't 
don't fight a land war in Asia. It, it, you get hampered by logistics extremely quickly. I'm having to build... I'm having to... I've basically got troops lined up on the border ready to march in. But you know what I'm doing? I'm queuing up building railways. Yeah. Because I can't ship machine guns to the front fast enough. <laughs> Sounds accurate to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but unfortunately, it's like the best way to invade Germany. You know, I think you need more spellcasters. Oh, yeah, you know, you know magic would really spice <laughs> this shit up. There's probably a mod for that. Oh, probably. I mean, <laughs> uh, because this runs on the same engine as Crusader Kings 2 and Europa Vernisalis 4, it does mean there are already quite a lot of mods for it. Alternate starts, uh, adjusted difficulties. Uh, it's even got the infamous anime portraits mod. Oh, of course. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. I have it for Crusader Kings 2 because it's funny. Mm. Awesome. All right. Oh, man. Uh, that's that's it for Alice. Um, I'm yep. going to say, uh, Kelly. Yes. Have we been playing more Zelda? I think we have. Yes, um, since Persona 5 is coming out, I decided to finally start critical pathing through the game. So I did all four dungeons this week. Oh, good for you! And, and I must say, I am incredibly underwhelmed by the dungeon design in this game. <laughs> it, it feels like they're just kind of longer shrines. Yep, it does. You're right. I, I'm glad I'm not the only person that feels that way. No, I, I think you're right, um... People are happy that they're there because it's something else, but um, yeah, I, th I do think they get talked up a bit much versus what they are. Um, the rest of that stuff. I, you've already been having your fun with the game. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm not complaining that much. I was just hoping that as big as the outer world was, that the dungeons were going to be these huge places where you could explore and, you know, there'd be rooms with puzzles and stuff, kind of like the old school Zelda games, because that's what I like about the other Zelda games is having these huge dungeons to go in I and think figure I, out. I think it's more fun opening up access to get into the dungeon than doing the dungeon itself. Yeah, it really did kind of feel that way. And, like, the Camel Dungeon was infuriating to me <laughs> because it was very... I got vertigo in the oh, Camel Dungeon you? because oh. of the rotating walls. Okay. But I, I did like the Bird Dungeon. I thought that, that the, the tilting of the entire dungeon itself was kind of a cool mechanic. Cool. But the rest of them were just kind of, eh, longer shrines... Okay, and in, even the boss fights, I'm not real. Wasn't really all that wild about. Mm. I have more. I have more of a challenge fighting Lionels than I did fighting those bosses. Well, the Lionels are the hardest things, right? So yeah. But um, my plan is, I got all four of the dungeons done. I'm running around trying to get upgrades to some of the last pieces of my armor, and my plan is to finish the game on Monday night before. Percent of five comes out. All right. So hopefully I'll have that wrapped up. Ganon by Falls then. on Monday night. Yes. Set your clocks. Ganon. If if I can make it through the game, that is, I don't know if I'll hit a snag or if I'll just face roll it. Well, let's like talk I did about let's talk about the most important thing you did this week. Did you go and gaze yes. upon Gladio's Gladiolus's naked body? 
Uh, yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> does that does that mean you didn't like episode Gladiolus? Well, I like the ep- I thought it was an okay piece of DLC, a nice little side story, and I kind of liked how it tied in with the main game because it's that scene where Gladio Gladio kind of goes off on his own and you find out what happens, and I thought that that was a really cool scene. My problem was that because I've been binge playing Zelda, I couldn't wrap my brain around the controls again in this game, and I forgot how clunky the controls in this game were. Because game is it? Final Fantasy 15. Of course. Yeah. So you play as Gladiolus, and his mechanic is that he racks up combos, and he has a rage bar where the more damage he t- he takes, the more damage he deals. So you've got to block attacks and parry attacks in order to get this rage bar up to do really optimum DPS. And I could not parry attacks for a million dollars last night when I was playing through episode Gladiolus. And it was really frustrating. And it's only like maybe an hour-long campaign, but after the campaign, you unlock a score attack mode where you basically speedrun throughout the campaign. And I ran through it the first time, got the minimum... 500,000 score to unlock the shirtless mode for Gladio, which is what I wanted. And I really wanted to unlock all of the achievements. Mm -hmm. And when I ran through it the second time, it's like I could not wrap my brain around the parrying in order to get the high score. And I ended up dying to Gilgamesh at the end because I'm you know, trying to parry his attacks to get the rage bar up so that I could do maximum damage and Gilgamesh is just slaughtering me. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, I am not doing all the achievements for this. <laughs> thing. No, <laughs> he's the one that went missing for a little while during the during the main game, right? Yeah. Is that what this is? Yeah, that you're playing is what happened when he went missing. And there's also a fight in this DLC where you fight against Core, your mentor. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of meant to be a test of your skill, and I couldn't quite and get past that. you didn't have any skill, either. yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, so, I don't know. It, it, your enjoyment of this DLC is going to really depend on how much you enjoyed Final Fantasy fifteen and how bad you want more. If you just finish the game and don't really care, I wouldn't recommend spending the five bucks on it. Okay, that's um, me. If you really enjoyed Final Fantasy 15 like I did and do want to see a lot more of it than it is worth the five bucks. Well, more importantly, and I guess this is preempting some of our news, um, the Final Fantasy Chapter 13, or the Final Fantasy 15 Chapter 13 patch came out along with that. So if you haven't finished 15 yet, like me, um, now you can what you've been waiting for has come the terrible chapter 13 has apparently been updated yay i don't See, know what I really was does under, so <laughs> i was under the impression that that chapter 13 thing was just kind of a separate little side story where you play as uh, ignis and gladio no they've that, they, they that's did... just what that's one thing they added into it oh okay oh okay it's a little side story i didn't get a chance to check that out last night hmm. Yeah, it adds, yeah, it adds a bit more to I think just what happens in that 
chapter. Okay, but th- and then what did the, exactly did they fix? I don't know. I haven't played it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. What they did. I know they souped up the um, spells you basically get forced to use at that point. So. Okay. Yeah, because that that part of that chapter sucked. Yeah, I mean that's what this is supposed to fix is the sucky part. So. Okay. So Chris, are you going to go yeah. back and finish it now? Um, not till Zelda's done, and then Persona Five. So, oh, not till after Persona, probably. So no. Hey, I will. Oh yes, yeah. I'm sure. Sometime, maybe <laughs> it'll happen. Probably. Chances of me playing Final Fantasy 15 before he does is high. Not true. <laughs> 15 isn't it's a game high, for you. Like 420. Yeah, Kelly, you've been yes. playing Shantae. Yes, I Did you wrapped finish them up, all. Yeah, I wrapped up Pirates Curse last week after the show, and then I pretty much blew through Half Genie Hero. Oh, okay. And Half Genie Hero was really great because it um, it has updated graphics. It doesn't have the sprite work anymore, and it really is like playing a cartoon. And I enjoyed it. Um, my only complaint about Half Genie Hero is that instead of having the pirate tools to platform, you go back to the animal transformations. Mm-hmm. And the animal transformations really slow down the game because you get to an obstacle, you have to press the button to transform. You have to wait for the pages to automatically scroll. You have like 12 transformations and you can't control how they scroll when you're doing the transformation. So you got to wait for the one that you need to come up. And I can't tell you how many times I would want to like change into the harpy form and end up changing to the bat bat form and then having to untransform, hit the button again and wait. Ah. So I kind of feel like they nailed the exploration element and pirates curse so much better than in this game. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that they would just like have a wheel or an actual selection button or something instead of having this, you got to dance and then wait to transform. But that being said, pirates curse was amazing and I couldn't put it down. Oh, not Pirates Curse, um, Half Genie Hero. I couldn't, I couldn't put down Pirates Curse either. They're both amazing games, just for different reasons. Oh, and and I think they're going to have Risky Boots DLC at some point, so, so that you'll be able. Yeah, and she will have the pirate tool, so I might pick that up when that comes out. Cool. I I loved. I fell in love with that series so much. I think from now on that series is going to be a day one purchase from now on just because of how fun and quirky and the dialogue is so funny in that series oh you are all caught up on it so yeah so because i got all caught up on that um and because this week xseed put um all of these games on psn on sale I think I'm going to try and play through the entire Yi series Wait. between now and when Yi's 8 comes out. How can you do that? You need to be playing Zelda and finishing for Persona. Well, yeah, but I've uh, I've got a portable. All right. Yeah. Right, because you don't have Zelda yeah. on the Switch. Right. No, no. Uh, Yi's is going to be my portable thing because I, I have all the UMDs of the PSP Yi's games, mm-hmm. but 
they're very oh, the PSPs games. Yeah, yeah. PSPs. But they're I kind of like playing PSP games on my Vita a lot better now because the Vita just feels better in my hands. So if if stuff that I've already have UMDs of has on sale for the Vita, I will pick it up on the cheap. So I managed to pick up uh, Yeez Books 1 and 2, Othan Fulgana, and Yeez 7 for like 25 bucks this week, which is frankly a steal for all three of those games. And like I said, I'm going to attempt to see if I can get through all seven games in the series before Yeez 8 comes out. Cool. Yeah, so a, I'm, I'm playing Yeez 1. Which, yeah, which version of 1 and 2 are you playing? The, the PSP one okay. on my Vita. All right. So the remake And I'm, I'm, yeah. I may very well end up finishing Yeez 1 tonight because that's a very short game. Oh, is it? Okay. I wonder if it was yeah, I mean, with the non-remade version. If you well, it, not only does it have like an easy mode, but if you know where you're going and what you're doing in that game, you can pretty much critical pass through both of the, both of those games pretty easy. Oh, do you know where you're going already? Yeah. Oh, how? And i've I've got a map. I've got maps uh... to help with some of the trickier dungeons that have warps and layouts and stuff. But God, I love that series so much, and the music in that series. Okay. And I, I kind of can't wait to get to Memories of Salsetta because I love that game. I That was one of the reasons why so you, I bought you've Avita. you finished all these games before then? I have not finished five, which I'm going to be playing through a fan translation mm-hmm. on the SNES. I haven't finished six, which I've never been able to get through because the original PSP version, the load times are terrible. So I might end up playing through the PS2 version. Okay. If not, I might just try to slog through the PSP version. Fair. And I never finished Y7. Ah. And that was just one that I never got to. Alright. Ooh, I think that brings us to our next contestant, Pascal. Hey. You've been playing a game I don't remember. Legna Tactics. Yeah, let's. For most of my games, we're stepping away from anything remotely current. Yeah, <laughs> this is probably the most current, actually. But the most cost-effective. Um, <laughs> yeah, at this point, they all pretty much are, aren't they? Oh, this is a Chemco game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this, oh, I'm so sorry. So, um, don't be. I, I. It's not. It's not um, immediately, you know, bad. Um, it's it's, it's a Chemco no, game. i haven't played as many of them as some of you probably have but um it's it's definitely not as bad as the last one that i've played um (laughs) that being said it's no i'm not i don't i don't play that many um tactics type games that uh to be you know to be honest but um it's no final fantasy tactics not not even close no kidding and have you tried this one yep oh on the ipad i assume Oh, really? On the 3DS? Yep. Did you buy it? Yep. Oh, is it any good? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> All right, so Pascal like likes it I more mean, than Anna. No, no, no. It's not it's bad, but it has such a drudging start. Okay. That so I was just like, Ugh, here, just here, Here's something to, to drive you crazy. Right on iOS, 
this game has in-app purchases for TCP, whatever those are. Um, so, like, I, I assume they don't do that on the 3DS version. No. But, like, that that just sounds like a nice... Would be. I Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I assume it's some sort of currency that I you can use to buy experience or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's take, take Final Fantasy Tactics and strip away a lot of the, the intrigue and, you know, in the fun in the battle system. And then you have this, so it's, you know, maybe mediocre as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go straight to bad. Yeah. I mean, the problem that I had with Legnan Tactics is kind of the same problem that I have with other Chemco games. Either I'm going to find the story interesting and the rest of the game kind of ambivalent. Or I'm going to think everything is plotting and not want to keep going. I haven't really, I don't know. I don't think I've wrapped my mind around enough of, of how I feel about it. It's just kind of there at the moment. Yep. That, that is an excellent descri- uh, descriptor of chemical games. <laughs> They're not bad. The most vague They're sense. They're good. <laughs> They're just there. They sound like Kmart RPGs. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to find 3DS footage of this game to distinguish it from iOS footage. Yeah, it is hard to tell. And they I found a first impression where they're comparing it to Final Fantasy Tactics and mm. It's never going to come out ahead in that. No, comparison. because Final Fantasy Tactics looks better. <laughs> that does, that's like comparing filet mignon to McDonald's. I, I, but no, like, that that is an accurate uh, statement. You're right. I mean, how long has it been? Final Fantasy Tactics, I, I only played when it originally came out on the, on the PS1. That game's still so pretty been, good. <laughs> I don't know, 15 it, years? Yeah, think more than. Could, it actually longer? came out in yeah. 2000. That's why I'm like, 99, 2000? It should be, you should be able to compete with that easily, I would think, graphically, right. but no. It turns out art style and good artists and having a team artist um, mm. makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, the fact that I'm still comparing it to that and it's still not quite reaching that far is... <laughs> That's okay, okay. What would you compare it to? Like a lower bar TRPG, like uh, well, that's the Luminous thing. I don't, Arc? That's why I said I don't play as many of them. So I, <laughs> I Anna, think the reason hold I on, Anna plays I, tons of crappy TRPGs. Okay, <laughs> maybe not my question. <laughs> Could you compare it Anna, to any crappy you, ones? Um, compare I'd it to Luminous much, Arc. I don't. I didn't play Luminous Art. Oh, Anna, oh. come on. I mean... What are you doing? The thing is, is I, I would compare it to other budget TRPGs. Yeah. And Mercenary Saga 2 plus 3 is almost the same cost, and both games are better. Hmm. So, to give you an idea of... It's a tactics game, but pretty much the tactic uh, just kind of boils down to um, take your, your close-range fighters and attack from the sides or from behind um, and that's how you win there you know there's unlockable um, skills that you can get but I don't know it just kind of comes down to go up behind the enemy attack them once or twice they'll do the same to you whoever has the most HP wins and it's just you know to me that's not enough tactics for a game that has tactics in the title yeah right. and, and yeah yeah, well, I... it doesn't have tactics in the fight title. It has Tactica. Tactica. Yeah. Right. And so probably that's, that's the reason why they changed the, the, the S to the to an A at the last minute. <laughs> What's more tactic 
it, it more evokes a feeling of tactics than is yeah. actually full of tactics. But at least we, we can't we can't um, we can't accuse them of false advertising. Now. <laughs> sure, good point. <laughs> All right. But I think there's there's a few you know milder points to it that aren't quite as bad. Which so when I when I finally get around to re- reviewing it, I'll I'll point some of that out. All right, I, I'm more interested in my next question here. Uh, is Shadow Mordor still a good game? Eh. <gasps> no? Not for it, you? It was real... It's it's enough for me where I'll finish it just because I don't want to shelve it again. I think I've started it once or twice in the past and never gotten very far on it. Mm-hmm. But is it really grabbing me or no, it isn't. Okay. I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's just a bunch of busy work. Hmm. There's a few moments, but very, very few, where I actually think that they did something good with the license. Um, I don't know, like, for example, the the Gollum missions come to mind. I thought that was kind of interesting. There's a few missions where, well, I don't know if any, everybody's played it, so, you know, it's several years old at this point. Um, there's several missions where you do interact with Gollum and um, a few other, like, main uh, Lord of the Rings characters like tangentially show up in the in the lore so i do like sometimes what they've done with the license um and a few missions are fun but i think for the most part it just seems like busy work go here and you know kill the orc to keep him from rising up in the ranks there's a lot of that so far yeah except that there's always somebody else to to climb up in his place right right so that's kind of the issue i don't know how close to the end i am i've taken out i know what the percent uh, you know, it tells you uh, how many percent of the game you finished, but I don't know what the the critical path requires. I think I'm, where was I? Maybe somewhere in the thirty percent or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I've taken out all five of the what are they called? The generals, I guess, or the the main. Um, <laughs> yeah. The main, yeah, generals. It's the only the only word I can think of, and I don't know if that means I'm up for the boss of the game sometime soon. It, it really just feels like busy work, I think. Go here and kill this orc. Go there and kill that orc. Sure. That's about it. I need to get back into that. Use the PlayStation Pro patch. Check that out. Uh, oh well. So you played some Eternal Sonata as well, I see? Just a little bit. Little I tried bit? to get into it, but... Um, Probably not going to jump back into that? No, no, I think I will. I, I like it. Um, I always like those... I like the uh, the the turn based old school JRPGs, but just other other games just came up is really the only reason why I haven't gotten very far in it. Other old games, <laughs> some of them, yeah. All right. Legend like Tactica a, came up. Legend Tactica came up. All right. And then finally, you finish Phoenix Wright. Good for you! Yay! Yay! Now you can jump great. on to um. You can jump on to. Uh, the newer trilogy? No, uh, the, uh, well, yeah, I guess there's three games now, but um, would you call those a trilogy? Yeah, Apollo Justice is kind of on go. its own. Yeah, that, well, no, would, bit, they, they work as a trilogy. I guess, except I figured there'll be another one, but all right. I've actually played a, Apollo, that was the first um, Phoenix Wright game I think I ever played was Apollo Justice. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Well, but, um, yeah, play it again. I started weird. Um, I didn't really, you know, at the end of the the third game in the original trilogy, Trials and Tribulations. So the end of that, I didn't like that much. Oh, it was well. Let me let me rephrase that. It was satisfying, but I didn't. It was the first time in the whole trilogy that I didn't like the way that the um, 
the, the solutions were clued. So I had trouble just a couple of times knowing like what piece of evidence to present. It wasn't, I don't think it was because I was not following along closely. I think oh, it was okay. just poorly clued in the translation. Well, when you get to the 3DS games, you're not going to have that complaint anymore. <laughs> Why is that? Because uh, they're easier. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're just way more, everything is almost, I, I don't want to say it's all, it, it's more handholdy than the old games are. Put it that oh. way. Yeah. There is some more handholding. I think there's too much, in my opinion. But I don't mind. Challenge. I understand what they're trying to fix, and I'm, and I'm at a loss for trying to come up with like, well, how could they have tried to address the complaints they're trying to address here and not make it feel handholdy? And I have not come up with anything, so mm-hmm. I don't know. So I because think- yeah, there are those moments where you would get just get stuck, and it's like, how was I supposed to know I needed to go and present the same thing again mm-hmm. that I tried earlier? You know, and you, well, you just try it. Like, it's like but, okay, but they're so rare. I thought it was pretty evenly. Um, the I difficult was, the difficulty was very even. I thought and and fair for the most part. So that's that's a little bit of a bummer that they're much simpler than. Yeah, but it could get very frustrating, um, you know, having to do the game overs and restarting again at the beginning of the chapter. I don't know. I Whatever. It, it is what it was, and they tried to address it, and I think they went too far. But um, they're still mm-hmm. really good games. They're still well-written, and you should enjoy them. So keep going. You know what other game I just finished? No, I don't. Well, maybe like a week or so ago. Um, the Order 1886. Oh, was that as uh, high quality as I've heard? You heard that it was high quality? Well, the graphics were. Well, I heard um, that the, but, the quality of it was about a one out of five, right? So. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of complaints about just the, the game in general. The graphics were, everybody was praising the graphics. I right. personally thought it was really good. Okay, good. Um, however, it wasn't, it didn't live up to its potential. <laughs> so I wanted, you know, like I thought what was there was really good, but I wanted so much more of it. And that would be my major complaint. I have not played that game, but I did pick it up for about $8. And that mm-hmm. seems to be a good price for it, from what I've heard. <laughs> it's it's very it's it's interesting because some chapters are just um, through and through just shooting, cover based shooting, right? And then other chapters are completely just story story scenes. Um, but I I love the world that it's set in. It's like a like a Victorian steampunk, um, and it not only does it look great, but it's it's just. It's it's really great to walk around in and kind of observe. I wish there was much more you could do with the environment. There was just no interaction. Like I wanted to be able to get more immersed in the um like the world building it just wasn't there. Oh, this is amazing. Someone's taken the whole game and edited it into a three hour movie on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is when you take away the shooting segments. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's just a three and a half hour movie and Oh, he's got over 2 million views on that. I'm surprised it didn't get taken <laughs> off. Wow. Is it a good two, three and a half hour movie? Uh, I don't know if it's good. I didn't watch it, but people are uh, enjoying it from the comments. You didn't which, watch it just now? No, I didn't watch it just now. I just found it just now. Um, but yeah, he's got like yeah, enough of the gameplay. In, uh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, he's even yeah, got guess- gameplay in there without HUD so that you can cover those scenes and what happens in it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cause some of those games I like watching like that. Like, what's that one horror one that came out on the PS4 that had all of those actors in it? Uh, Until Dawn. Yes. Yes, that's a fun one to watch on YouTube. Oh, that that was a great game. 
best comment. There's no way this movie was made in 1886. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, like the rendering in there that wasn't around in 1886. It would have been much less, much lower quality. So it, it sounds like um, if you don't want to actually have to subject yourself to playing it, you could just watch the movie version and throw the devs some 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 love by buying a cheap copy of the game to justify it. <laughs> I'm sure it is cheap now. Yeah. But yeah. If shooting isn't your thing, just, just go with the movie then. <laughs> that is just okay. so amazing that that's a thing. Wow. I thought it was, it was really good, but I thought it could have been much, much better. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to get around to that someday in theory. So probably never. And I can vouch. <laughs> <sighs> All right. We're done. Are we done? No, Anna, you're up. Take us home, Anna. <laughs> um, it's been a couple weeks since I've been on. So let me think. I played Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth. So we have like all of the Neptunia games. Some of multiple them we have ways. multiple ways. Because <laughs> it's kind of that series that Chris was 100% convinced that I would like it and that I should totally play it. And he was right. It just took me a very, very long time to get around to it. So um, you are playing in game industry and the console wars are happening. And so the four goddesses are fighting each other. And um, then they decide to all gang up on Purple Heart and kick her out of um, heaven. And so... um, Purple Heart kind of represents Sega, doesn't she? Yes. (laughs) Um, so there's Purple Heart Neptunia, um, who's you know, as the opposed to Saturn. Yeah. Yes, as opposed to Sep- uh, Saturn, she's Neptune. Um, and then there is um, Loi. Oh goodness! Who is the white white she's goddess? She's the Nintendo. Yeah. Um, there is uh, Last Station. Oh. Okay. Who is Blackheart? I think she's Sony. <laughs> and then there is Leanbox. <laughs> Who is okay. uh, Greenheart? And might so... be Microsoft, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. All of her accessories have X's on them. Uh huh. So, um, TLDR: It's a, a turn-based JRPG where you have sort of a movement range, and then you can either do regular attacks, and regular attacks can either attack um, an enemy's. Um, hit points or it can attack their guard points and once you've broken down its guard it takes way more hit point damage um and so you kind of have this um seesaw going on all the time in battles where you have some enemies that have really high hit point pools but low guard point pools and there are enemies that have really high guard point pools or so there's no point in attacking them you have to go straight for their hit points um and so the story is 100% ridiculous, and I'm not, I'm not even going to try to explain it. Um, Neptunia has amnesia, and she goes around and saves the world is kind of the simplest way to explain it. Um, I did have some issues with the game. Um, there are really crushing difficulty spikes in some places. So, for example, I got to like the first main boss of the game, and it completely kicked my butt. So I was like, wow, I feel like I'm 100% underleveled. Like, what's going on? And so I checked out an FAQ, and it's like, you should be level 20 before attempting this boss. And I'm like, I'm level 8. How did I even get to this boss? You also run into some uh, mobs in various areas that are like that, too. Right. And so um, 
all areas are divided into regular mobs, which are generally aggressive and will like run and try to attack you. And then you have um, like dangerous or um, there's like three ways to explain them, but I'm going to call them all dangerous foes. Dangerous foes are blind, so they don't care if you're wandering around them. They will only attack you if you run into them or swipe at them. And yeah, enemies that are dangerous are like way, way higher level than everything else around them. So I went into an area that had like level three and four monsters, and I eventually went back at level 25 and started taking out the dangerous monsters in the area. When I was playing that game, I was actually trying to farm some of the more dangerous ones for like huge EXP boosts. Yep. And if you know what you're doing, you can kind of cheese the fights and get them down and just bank on EXP. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I mean, there are certain um, dangerous foes that are really easy to manipulate. So they have like really tiny GP um, bars. So you, um, all of the characters have sort of attacks that they're slightly better at than others. So like um, I have a character IF for Idea Factory. We call her Iffy. Um her big thing is she can get down HP really fast. Um, but Compa, on the other hand, Compile Heart, um, is a healer. And so when she attacks, she's really good at attacking guard points. So she attacks GP instead. And so you can, um, the way that your party set up is you have three active members and then you have three members that you can swap in. And each person is tied one to one. So if I, if I want to swap in, I'll like say Vert and she's paired with Neptunia, I swap out Neptunia to swap Invert. I can't swap out Compa if she's not attached to Vert. Sort of. I hope that makes sense. Um, and so what you what you do is um, you start to get the GP of a monster really low with these characters that heavily attack GP, and then you swap in all of your heavy HP hitters and just bam, 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 bam. So yeah. Um... My my other complaint about the game is that the tutorials really sucked. Yes, they did. The tutorials in Rebirth 1 are terrible. And in fact, they are so bad that until I started playing Rebirth 2, which I will get to later, um, I didn't realize that you could actually change the attacks that you did in the game. So I actually beat the game using my original attacks that the characters started with, even though you're actually supposed to regularly update those attacks and start to swap them out. So yeah, that was that was an unpleasant realization. I was just like, oh, I made the game way harder for myself than I needed it to be. Um, the one yeah yeah when your tutorials don't, don't fail to explain a key feature of the game. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that is definitely a problem. My my other kind of really minor complaint is that the way that the casting is set up in Rebirth One, you are very clearly expected to have played at least one of the other games in the series probably more and so there are times where like guest characters come in and like they clearly know neptunia and they say they're from an alternative dimension and you're supposed to kind of laugh along with that knowing that they were in a previous game and i didn't so i felt like a lot of that was kind of lost on me you've forgotten how to laugh anna yeah so wait what previous game were you supposed to develop this is the remake of the first game um, well, well you're were... supposed to have played the original version in theory. Oh. In theory, I mean, before they remade the first game, they put out like four games. 
And then they oh, went cool. back and remade the first three games and then kept going. It was kind of because it was regarded that the worst, the first game had was had like an okay story, a good translation, but the gameplay was really bad. Yeah. And so I do, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple people who played the original and I like the gameplay in the game. I actually find it's really enjoyable. Um, the thing that I find really cool is um, they have this concept of plans. And so as you go along in the game, you unlock plans and plans can like give you new equipment or new items or they can change the way that a level works. So, for example, the first time you go through a level, you can pick up items that are uh, on the ground. And then you can get a plan that will change those items on the ground. And you get different kinds of items. Um, and then there's a second plan for almost every dungeon that you can change what dangerous enemies will show up. Because everything drops something. And those somethings are always used in some kind of plan. And so it's cool because you end up kind of getting like these stacking plans. So like I had to make die to make an accessory, to make a better accessory, to make a piece of equipment that even though it was a costume, it gave me a huge stat boost. And then I also made a plan that made enemies easier. And later on in the game, I made a plan that gave me more experience when I was grinding. And then I made a plan near the end of the game that let me break the 9999 damage cap. And that was awesome. So plans are very cool. And there's one to like increase item drops. And a lot of these plans are like things that people complain sucked about the first game. So when you make the plan, it gets better. So not only did they make things better, they made they did it in a very canon way. Sounds like they made things super easy too, from what you were telling uh, me. Yes. But I mean here's the thing is is realistically speaking, if you don't want to do these things, either one, you cannot make the plan, or two, when you do make the plan, you can just turn it off. Mm. So you can play the as hard as you want to play. I go hard. So I beat that. And I, <laughs> the ending credits are awesome because they're like all throwbacks to like classic games. So like Vert was playing Dr. Mario and stuff. Um, so after that, I decided to play nine hours, nine persons, nine doors, which I somehow managed to not pre-order. How did that happen, Chris? No, don't ask me. <laughs> I've been talking about it for forever on the podcast. Somehow I forgot to completely. Anyways, I got it and I started it and wow, that game is scary. <laughs> this, oh, this was your first time playing it. Yeah. I've never played any of the, the zero escape games. Is this the um, the collection now? Yeah, so I'm playing nonary games. Yeah, she's got the easy mode. She doesn't yep. have to play through the entire game every time to get all the endings. Yeah, right. it's nice. It's, it's no longer that way? Oh, no. you have the, so um, here's the, the You can jump yeah. up and down the timeline. Yeah, so it's what crazy. they do is they have like a branching tree that tells you the things that you haven't done. And it tells Wait, you what's... when you're going along a path whether you've correctly unlocked or not locked or whether you've correctly unlocked or retained locked certain yeah. things. They basically they had that in, in Virtue's Last World when it first came out. So basically they just basically went and put that into mm -hmm. the first game. <laughs> also, you can fast forward all the text that you've read before, which is really you handy. You could do that yeah. as a DS, too. You could, you could that was do before, that. yeah. Okay. But it wasn't voiced before. That's the No, new... and the voices are really good. So oh, yeah. that whole game blew my mind because it was really funny because offhandedly... Um, as I as I was within a first first few hours of playing the game, I pitched a concept to Chris about who I thought Zero was, and he laughed at me, and I was right. 
Mm-hmm. For the wrong reasons. But yep. I was right. Well, I had played it before, so I couldn't. I had to be right. careful and that not was to the thing is, was, Yeah, and that was the thing is, um, the other thing that I think both you and Power Lord found hilarious is I took the perfect route the first time yeah. without knowing that's wow. what it was. Yeah. So I got to the end, and it's like, that's sorry, to be you can't go any further. <laughs> Credits. I'm like, what the hell? That is the most unsatisfying ending ever. And so they had to explain to me that I had done it completely right, but that I had to do something. You weren't so supposed to other. do it that way. I wasn't supposed <laughs> to do it the perfectly right way first. Yeah. Which is great yeah, because... Credits do not mean you finished the game at all. No. Yeah. And so... Um, I ended up going through a guide's uh, a non-spoiler gu- endings guide, and it was like, d- which the- you don't need. You still didn't need. I know. I don't know why you but felt I had you to needed laugh that because because it tells you what to do next. The first description is like, don't feel bad if you die the first few times you play the game. Nobody gets the right ending first. Well, Anna did. <laughs> <laughs> If only uh, you could be that lucky in other aspects in life. Seriously. Was it the coffin ending? Yes. Yes. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) So I ended up going through and I got all the endings and I died repeatedly. And then I finally finished the game. And the plot of that is insane. Isn't it? So crazy. And then I showed her the answers thing from the creator, and so, yeah. Yeah, I read through all of that, and that gave some really cool background. But I, as soon as I was done, I was like, I cannot play the next game directly after she this. She wouldn't play this thing with the lights off, and I had to be in the room with her while she played it. Yeah. It's scary. That's scary? For Anna, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I was telling her, I played this game in the at night with the lights off, and then um, I had to get out a flashlight to go up to bed because I was scared that people were hiding in my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait till you get to the third one. Oh, great. Oh, delightful. Um, but yeah, so I decided that I needed something that was um, calm and colorful and pleasant. So I jumped right into Hyperdimension Neptunia yeah. Rebirth 2. <laughs> and yeah, oh my gosh. Rebirth 1 isn't bad, but Rebirth 2 is better in almost every way that I can think of. So like, I think the same was true. The same was true for the original games though. They they kind of did listen a fair bit to the criticism of the first one, but it they still felt it enough that it was like, okay, well we've redone the first one, now we're just going to do everything else. Yeah, and so they do kind of retcon the story of the first one a little bit, so they rewrite how Neptunia meets Iffy and Kampa. Um and so what they basically do is they blow off the first game as an alternative dimension. Wait, seriously? Yeah. So, so the whole first game doesn't actually matter? Uh, oh. No? It does. I bet you they do it again in three. <laughs> v and V2. So, um, yeah, it's just... So the story gets going much faster. Um, there are considerably fewer difficulty spikes. Um there's a little mini game that you play where like you, you have a companion that does a little rogue like dungeon and it runs even when you're not playing. Is there is there an anime version of this series I can just watch instead? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Ninja's Plex. <laughs> of course. I think it's on Hulu too. If there's an anime, someone has a Plex that has it on it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so the tutorials are so much better. Um, yeah, like the pacing is better in terms of like story, except chapter two was like ridiculously long. I was kind of surprised they didn't divide it up in the same way they divided up the first game where like one each nation is its own chapter. But anyways, um, I'm, I'm finally done the very, very long chapter two, and that makes me happy because now I feel like I'm really progressing. Um, the All of the characters are like funny and even people that I felt like had kind of a shallow personality, like Kampa, I feel like they've rounded her out a little bit more. There's a way better supporting cast. So like the first game was basically the four goddesses and Iffy and Kampa, and then a whole bunch of cameos. And so it was a very narrow sort of uh, cast. This has um, the CPUs, but I don't have them back yet. Um, the CPU candidates, so like the little sisters of all the CPUs. Um, a bunch of characters from the first game, new characters that they're introducing that they don't kind of assume you understand the in-joke about them. So they like explain who they are like in-universe much, much better this time. Um, I find that people get attacks at a much better pace than they do in the first game. The combat is basically still identical. So if you didn't like the combat in the first game, you're not going to like it here. But if you did like it, then you will. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the second one and I just hope to have it done before Tuesday. So I've, I started, uh, Rebirth 1, but mm -hmm. I never got around to finish it. Is it worth it to just skip right to 2? I would say no, because I liked the redemption story of the first game. Okay. That's all I needed to know. There you go. All right, Anna. Do you play anything else? Anna? Hmm? Do you play anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, good. I haven't been on the computer much because... Uh, I... Yeah, so you haven't been playing any 14. Right. Okay. Well, then. Let's get into the news, folks. <coughs> <laughs> As Anna coughs her lungs out. All right. <laughs> Yeah, we got a first off, we got a headline. Valkyria Revolution has a release date. That's right. It's coming out to PS4, Vita, and Xbox One in North America on June 27th, Europe in June 30th. If you buy the first print run, you get the Vanguard Edition, which has a metal pin and a 12-track soundtrack CD. And in Europe, you only get the CD, apparently. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, yeah, so there's your, uh, there's your Valkyria Chronicles game. And, uh, you know... It's uh, it's not a tactical RPG this time, so we'll see how that goes. I'm a little worried about it, cause like, what's the point of Valkyrie Chronicles? If it's not a TRPG, but okay, whatever. Oh, it looks like it's more of a Monster Hunter clone. I don't know if I'd say Monster Hunter, but um... no, it's not that. <laughs> it's still turn-based. Just... Oh, turn-based. But not a TRPG. Oh, I see now. All right. Atlas made a bunch of announcements. All right. Shin Megami Tensei Deep Strange Journey. So it is a enhanced remake of the DS title Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. And it's going to be come out in Japan fall 2017. We don't have any word of a U.S. release. Okay. Um, and then there's a second announcement they made. Well, first of all, I should ask, is anyone excited for Deep Strange Journey? Yes. Uh, I am. Okay. You two played Strange Journey? I did Strange not. Strange Journey 
Strange Journey is probably my favorite SMT game. I think that it, (laughs) I actually like that one better than Noctune because I didn't really like Noctune that much. I hear good things about Nocturne all the time. Yeah, except for me. Except for Mana. (laughs) And Kelly, You don't like Nocturne? You didn't like Nocturne either? Nope. Hated it. Okay, I'm... I'm so glad I'm not alone because I finished it and I got a really crappy ending and I felt like I was kind of punished for doing my own thing in that game instead of following a path. Yeah, I didn't get far enough to finish it. You didn't yeah, like Nocturne, playing it. I didn't like playing it, no. Nocturne was unnecessarily difficult and like I said, unless well, we you did, did get We did get like the the hardest version of the game. Oh, lovely. I didn't realize that. But I felt like if you didn't choose light or dark, then you were pretty much screwed. And I don't like I don't like that it was like that because the other games in the series weren't like that at all. All right. Oh, and then uh, the other announcement they had was about <laughs> Etrian Mystery Dungeon 2 which is another crossover of Etrian, Etrian Odyssey and the Mystery Dungeon series. And so, again, no announcement on a U.S. release of that, but it's coming to Japan on August 31st. I assume we'll get all those games eventually, but we'll see. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 Chapter 13 updates out now. Episode Gladiolus is out now. We talked about that. Romancing Saga 3, which, uh, if you remember, came out to... I believe if Romancing Saga 2 came out on iOS and Vita... So is three, but only in Japan. Uh, I no three, three to in Japan. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it is only iOS and Android here. Yep. Okay, and well, I wouldn't assume, assuming it does come, which it probably will. Okay. So, but I'm just saying it probably won't hit Vita here since the second one didn't. That's what they I want. They keep to saying out. they're going to put it on Vita, but they haven't, right? Okay. Has there even been a date announced? Yeah. No, last one says uh, we need some time to do the Vita version, and that was a while ago. So, okay, <laughs> we need some time for you guys to forget about the Vita version. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So we're in Monsoon Saga Three. So if you liked it on iOS, Android, um, and I remember some people liking it. Uh, third one's coming eventually. It'll come here probably. Um, don't know when it's gonna hit in Japan. So we're waiting on that. Do. Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition was announced. I got excited about this. So Beamdog, the people did the enhanced editions of the uh, Baldur's Gate games. Uh, they did, they're did. they doing an enhanced edition of Planescape Torment. And so they've got... They're not adding any new story content this time, but for 20 bucks, it'll be coming to PC, oh. Mac, Linux, iOS, Android on April 11th. Um, and they've upgraded the graphics, and of course the game runs without having to fight with it, and <laughs> you can just uh, play the game, and it looks nice. And I may actually do this. Um, but yeah. That's cool. Because uh, everyone always talks up Planescape Torment. And I haven't played it. So having the opportunity to do that is nice. So, uh, Let's see. And Oh, and if you don't like the Enhanced Edition features, you can turn them off. Um, but I don't remember what the Enhanced Edition features are other than better resolution and remastered oh uh, i see better resolution 4k resolution is the max remastered music quick looting and an updated user interface 
and Chris Avalone came in and made some uh, helped them make some edits to the to the script. Probably just fix some typos or confusing things. Uh, nothing major. It doesn't sound like. So there you go. I'd also never played it, um, and I actually tried playing it when we were at E3 last year. Oh, uh, you tried playing the new game, right? Torment Tides of Numenera, or no? No, no, Planescape. Oh, I'm, like in the okay. hotel room at night. Oh, um, okay, yeah. I actually used that time to try to uh, get into it, and I never even got out of the like the starting area. Well, I mean, if you don't, don't like know. those styles of games, this is totally one of those. So this is another Baldur's Gate two style of of interaction. So um, you have to be yeah. into that. I tried to play it, and I thought that it was going to be a Diablo clone, and it oh, no. wasn't. And... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much no. <laughs> this is a lot of, um, you know... Uh, very long tactical fights followed by long decision um, conversation trees and and reloading saves because oh man I messed up my uh, my influence role and yeah, but like I've that. heard that the story is really freaking good. It's it's often from what I've seen often cited as like the top story in any RPG for a lot of people. That's why that's they wanted. That's why they uh, wanted to make a follow up to it, and that's why we have Planescape Torment now. Or now we have a uh, excuse me, Torment Tides of Numenera now, and uh, I need to play that. Oh. Is is this one going to have the same voice acting, or are they going to redo the voices? I don't think they're redoing anything like that. Okay. I don't remember if the original had voice acting. Yeah, um, it did. Okay. Because so, um. Black the way Warner. those games work is a lot of the a lot of the text isn't voiced and some of the text is right so i imagine that th- that's how the you know any of the text they change just won't, won't be the voiced text so yeah um yakko from animaniacs was a voice in it and he played a skull oh right mm-hmm. i've heard good things about that skull mm-hmm. uh-huh all right uh, let's see what we got here. Next story is Occupus Beat. Anna, you excited for Occupus Beat? Yes. They're changing the way the game works, right? Yeah. So no more stripping. No more stripping. How's that going to work? Um, it's coming out PlayStation 4 and Vita on May 16th in North America, May 19th Europe. It is a spiritual successor to Occupus Trip. Um, so there's no stripping. Uh, do you think there's a lot of beating? A lot of um, masochism or something going on? No? Oh. Wrong kind of beat. Oh, you think it's more about rhythm? Yes. All right. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and MMORPG Secret World is relaunching as Secret World Legends, a free-to-play shared world action RPG that has a revamped combat system, updated visual, redesigned progression system, over 100 hours of stories and quests, and I want to know how many people forgot Secret World existed. I and did. Oh. Not me. I oh. remembered it existed. All right. Well, it's being relaunched. Are you excited, Alice? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, for the, if you're playing the current game, they're going to keep the servers online and move forward with all new content. That okay. Moving forward, all new content will be released for Legends. So they'll keep the old servers online, I guess, for who knows how long. And then, uh, but if you want to be on new stuff, you got to go to the new game. Uh, since the game's relaunching, you have to start over as new characters. You're not getting your characters transferred, but they're going to hopefully transfer over cosmetic items and set up a system for name reservations. So, relaunch. It worked for 14. Maybe it'll work for Secret World. We'll see. 
Um, we have a long story on our site, folks, and it has all the Persona 5 DLC. I saw this and I thought it was an April Fool's joke. And no, um, we actually went through this a couple weeks ago and I forgot about it. Um, but now we have a, a full listing, thank you, Alex, of all the DLC. And you can see there's a lot of DLC coming for Persona 5, folks. Oh, man. Yeah. So much. Yeah, it's not great huge stuff. I mean, a bunch of that is also themes and avatar sets. So, like at least the bottom third, at least, is themes and stuff. Well, <laughs> as long as a Persona 5 swimsuit set is free, and it is, that's all we need. Yeah, right? No? Okay. Well. Japanese audio coming out April 4th, day and date with the game. Alright, let's see. Atlas of Japan has put restrictions on uh, Persona 5. So if you're streaming that thing with the PS4, you're not going to be able to share stuff in cutscenes and, and do like screen captures and stuff like that. Because I, I, play, I play Namco Bandai games. This is fairly normal. Yeah, so it's pretty, pretty similar to that. Uh, the Atlas, Atlas threw Atlas of Japan under the bus and said this is a Japanese title with solely a single-player story. Um, this being a, excuse me, let me get the quote right. Atlas spoke to Polygon and said, this being a Japanese title with solely a single playthrough story means Japan is very wary about it. Sharing is currently blocked through the native PS4 UI. So, uh, Atlas of Japan doesn't understand how social media works. Um, but, uh, do look forward to lots of YouTube copyright claims with people trying to put up their let's plays, I guess. And that'll be a nice, you know, disaster. Um, as well, I, I mean, Namco Bandai have blocked the sharing through the PS4 UI. Um, doesn't seem to have, they don't seem to copyright. So the, the weird thing is, uh, apparently Atlas has been sending along with uh, with uh, with copies of the game. They've been sending um, those very strict. Um, you can't stream more than X minutes, and you can't show this or that or any gameplay past this point. Things to uh, sites that have got review copies. So the impression is that they're being way more locked down on this than than you would normally get from a game like this, or not from a game like this, that from most games. Um, and ah, that seems kind of weird, um, especially for a game that has inspired multiple uh, very long let's play things and or a game series that has inspired like long let's plays and and made that kind of a thing to do the endurance runs and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they just don't want spoilers getting out. Soon. Well, no, they don't. But I mean, you can't really control that stuff. The spoilers are going to get out there anyway, and you're just kind of punishing people who are trying to have fun with your game and spread a community for your game. I don't know. Maybe have a date on it. They don't have a date on those restrictions either. That's the other weird thing. <laughs> so, okay, fine. Persona 5 will be fine. We're all going to love it. It's coming out this week. Destiny 2 was announced. Is Destiny 2 going to be fine now? That's my question for you. Uh, we're we're, we're going to wait and, and see if Wheels uh, adds it to his uh, drunken Spinda thread. All right. Let me, let me tell you what I know about Destiny 2. It's coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on September 8th, 2017. They put a trailer up for it. Um, it's still first-person shooter. Uh, it is, uh, no, okay. Uh, let's see. They've got features, immersive cinematic story. Okay, great. Fine. Story. Um, you have to fight a dude called Gaul. Great. 
Okay. Dramatic cinematic story and missions with relatable characters. I'm sorry, these bullet points sound more like responses than bullet points, but okay. You shouldn't have to say that your characters are relatable. They should just be relatable, don't you think? Uh, they've got new worlds, uh, new returning casual and competitive gameplay-focused elements. So there's stuff for all those sorts of people. Competitive PvP gameplay. Customize your character with more options than ever before. It'll be available on PC. That's its own separate bullet point here. You can get into the beta early. Okay. So, um, so it sounds like it's going to be a fresh thing. So your character isn't going to be coming over or anything. So, uh, that should be something, I guess. I tried to play Destiny 1. I got motion sick and I decided, nope, can't play this. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Destiny 2. Looking forward to trying it out. All right. um, Final Fantasy XIV. If you are are very lowby in Final Fantasy XIV, like I am, or if you just haven't tried it but uh, haven't wanted to pay any money for it because it takes a while to play MMOs, they're getting rid of the 14-day limit on the trial version of the, now, of the game. I want to clarify something that you said. Yeah. If you have paid for the game before, you are not eligible. Yes, for you this. are. What? Yes, you are. They were. Re- I thought they were originally saying that you weren't. No, any. The, it, they said specifically if you, if you are. Let's see. How does it work? I read this. Yeah. So it is. You can just keep playing. Yeah, I, I read this originally, and so the story I've got here does not have it. But yeah, you can just keep playing. Um, you you can't get past level 35 is the cutoff, and there are other limits. So you cannot uh, shout or yell or tell. So you can't whisper people. You can't use it to make gold accounts to harass people. Um, you can't trade or send letters. You can't create or join a free company. You can't make more than 300000 gill and you can't go over level 35 so i imagine if you have a a player on your account that is over level 35 you are not going to be allowed to log into that character um so check that out um but yeah i was going to download it and try it out and tell you exactly what happened i just didn't get around to it um but uh that is live now so go try it out um if so, I mean, obviously this is best for people who haven't played Final Fantasy XIV because I think if you've already committed to paying for a character in the game and stuff, you're not going to want to yeah. deal with those Are restrictions. Are you sure that it works for existing accounts? Because like, I'm looking at comments on a couple different stories and it's like, Square Enix accounts that have already registered for a Final Fantasy XIV service account are not eligible for the free trial. Oh, I'll just tell you what I read when this came out, so... Yeah, like, here's someone, I have an account from three years ago, and I can't play the free trial. Lame. Yeah, I don't think this works if you have an existing account. Chris. That's not what I read. Yeah. One free trial account may be registered using a Square Enix account, so as long as that Square Enix account has not been previously registered with any version of the game. So there you go. Can't do it. Um, but if you did do a free trial in the past, but never upgraded, yes. you can continue where you left off. Yes. So that's something. Yeah. Um, but if you're someone who's like bought the game and tried it and subbed, yeah, and then unsubbed, you can't just go back and play for free now. So there you go. Oh well. They do still have like weeks and weekends where you can do that. Yeah. If you have not um, bought the game, make sure to pair up with one of us so we get recruiter friend rewards. 
Then we can get golden chocobo feathers and stuff. Which I don't know what those are for, but they must be good. Uh, if you get 15 of them, uh, you can get a really sweet mount. Ah. Ooh, and there's also friendship circlets, so you get bonus XP under level 25. and Yeah. Cool. There you go. Um, Lodestone has details on all this and more. na.finalfantasyxiv.com slash lodestone. Get the real data rather than Chris's confused, jumbled memory. <laughs> Moving on. Um, oh, we got the editorial block. We want to primp, uh, pimp that we have. Oh, wait. What's this? RPG Elements is talking about merchandise? Okay. There you go. So you can go and check out the uh, um, a review or, um, I guess, impressions of the Final Fantasy XIV Art of Ishgard and uh, Scars of War and Stones of Steel book. Stones and Steel book. Those are two different books. Final Fantasy XIV. See some impressions of that. Some Final Fantasy XIV minion figures for Ifrit and Garuda. And I guess that's that's it. That's what's in the thing this month. Go check that out. Um, Max Storm has more of his ongoing Final Fantasy um, retro playthroughs going on, so you can check that out. And Alex will have his Mass Effect review up likely Sunday or Monday. Two brief updates for you. Divinity Original Sin 2 Early Access got an update that added polymorph magic. And summoning magic, which apparently is a news story. I don't know why. Oh, because they put a big giant video out. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's the thing. And uh, also, there's a summary vin- video for the Fire Emblem Echoes game that's that we're going to be seeing soon. Um, it's in Japanese, though. So no English version of that video yet, right? I don't nope. know. Yeah. Which is weird, because the game's coming soon. But, uh, all right, whatever. It's a seven-minute overview entirely in Japanese showing off the game's concepts. But, hey, if you're desperate for info, there you go. And then, finally, Heroes of the Monkey Tavern is out on PS4, which is a first-person dungeon crawl game a la your wizardry or whatnot. And, uh, actually, it looks like uh, it looks a lot like uh, Legend of Grimrock. So, yeah. Yeah, I think they did cite it as one of the inspiration so mm-hmm. uh it's only eight bucks yeah, it's on a launch sale so there you go and that's it for news we got so much feedback anna help me out with feedback oh we got lots of feedback so much feedback so our question of the week was um have you ever had to send in a system and it hadn't have you ever tried any home remedies um, so Lord Gobez says, um, I've been pretty lucky that I've never had a console completely break down on me. Closest was troubles with PlayStation later in life. I, of course, used the home remedy of tilting it at increasingly higher angles. That worked for most purposes, except for an FMV in Final Fantasy VII, at which the game froze until we got a PS2 and played it on that. That works. Shaman says, I have sent in two different 3DS models, an original because of random bouts of narcolepsy, and an XL for a destroyed hinge. <laughs> it just kept falling asleep. It sounds like it. <laughs> my new, my current new 3DS model will be getting replaced once my tax return comes in due to a heavy loss of paint. I had a Wii U that was getting stuck in an updated mode recently, um, but that seemed to fix itself when I discovered a system update that didn't actually exist. Um. Um, forcing a manual check cleared it out. 
Um, Strawberry Egg says, I've sent in three Nintendo systems to customer service, two of them GameCubes. My first GameCube stopped being able to read discs, and it was still under warranty. So that was a problem with GameCubes. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember that, but no, the lasers were going bunk on them. We, mm. we dealt with that a lot when I was at EB Games. I don't think that affected the Platinum ones. Mm, maybe. All right. Uh, the second GameCube started acting strange about three months later when it would play games for about half an hour before or so before saying it could no longer read the disc. This coincidentally happened after I triggered a glitch in Super Mario Sunshine, and for years I was convinced the game had somehow corrupted my GameCube. They repaired and replaced both, and it never ca- uh, gave me any problems. I had a Wii that my sister's ex-boyfriend knocked down by accident. This caused the Wii to stop working after about an hour, though it would play GameCube game discs just fine. Even though it wasn't under warranty, Nintendo fixed and replaced it for me for free. The only home remedy I've ever done was with my 3DS. The circle pad fell off, so I ordered some extras and glued it back on. There you go. Home repairs. Um, Budai says, uh, my Xbox 360 got the red ring of death. It was a fairly painless process because this was after Microsoft earmarked all the money towards the problem. Or it was much worse before they admitted how bad it was. The 360 I got back was a newer model with HDMI, which the original didn't have. Score. Mm. Yeah. Um, my original Xbox ROD'd as well, so. Uh, or my original 360, I should say. Same um, here. Wheel says, my Xbox 360 ate some discs. <laughs> what does that mean? Why did it eat discs? <laughs> <laughs> when I tried to get my uh, copy of Lost Odyssey replaced, along with the 360 repair, they this. told me to contact the game's publisher. They are the game's publisher. <laughs> Eventually, they told me they could only replace it with Viva Pinata or that racing game. Thankfully, I eventually talked to someone who set up the replacement. You know, but man, the one, 360 was a nightmare. The Forza one. <laughs> you know, that racing game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Chicken God says, um, this question of the week and the answers have made me realize that I have been a little on the unfortunate side. I've had several systems with problems over the years, but I've only sent in one for repairs. I sent in my Xbox 360 to be repaired to the Red Ring of Death. I bought the system on launch, and I was in the very large free repair window, so they fixed it. Unfortunately, it actually got the Red Ring again right around the time of playing Vesperia, which at the time I was totally in love with. Can't remember if I was going to have the pay have to pay this time to get it fixed, or I just didn't want to wait and risk having a system go bad again, so I ended up just purchasing a new one, which has served me well to this day. The whole 360 in general is kind of funny to me. Most of my friends who play games have or had a 360, and literally all of those have had the red ring at least once. Yet for some reason, they all swore by the 360 and never considered giving the PS3 a shot, even after being... Burned. Well, they've already invested in it, so... Right. Um, I have a weird thing that happens with my 360 now, uh, or, or more, actually, the power supply, um, which... It, I can fix it, it, but it will turn red. The The indicator light on the power supply turns red if I leave a controller plugged in for charging when the system is off. Huh? So, yeah, it's weird. So I have to, so I can plug controllers in for charging if the system's on, but when I turn the system off, I have to unplug or the power supply refuses to start back up again until it's been, <laughs> so and, until it's unplugged and plugged back in. It's weird. That is, and this that is, is really and, and I found that online the solution. So there's other people who've had that. Yeah, it's kind it, of funny how you get enough people together and they will be able to fix even the most obscure things. So like, um, Power Lord started playing no- the Notary games at the same time as me. He's playing it on PC and I'm playing it on Vita. 
but he couldn't get it to, to boot up. It would crash as soon as he started the game. And it turns out that like a codec add-on that he was using with his media player was the same codec add-on that they were using to run the the voices in the game, but he had a newer version and it wasn't compatible with the older version. So he just had to like uninstall this codec and it was perfect. But it was like, how do people figure that out? <sighs> All right, more stories. Oh my gosh, so Seven many. Seven Circle. Surprise! Got an ROD with his 360. Oops. Uh, he also said around the time Mass Effect 3 came out, the disc tray stopped ejecting on its own. I keep a paperclip by the system to eject games manually. I haven't used it much since, so it's a really minor thing. The hinges broke on my DS Lite after years of heavy use, and I bought another one. My dad's cat broke the sensor bar on my Wii, and I replaced it with an off-brand cordless one that the cats can't destroy. Uh, my PS2 Fat stopped ejecting discs, and I ended up fixing it on my own with a butter knife. It was later stolen, so I got a Slim. <laughs> My PS2 Slim doesn't read discs anymore unless I stack books on top of it and tiptoe around while it's on. But at I least it this. still works. <laughs> okay, that's convenient. I also have my childhood Atari, and at some point in the 20-plus years of disuse, it stops working. To look at it from the opposite side, the only systems I haven't had break on me on their own are Nintendo consoles. It took a plethora of foreign objects to get my Nest to work by the end, but it was still working 15 years into his life when my brother decided to take a screwdriver to it and broke it for good. Um, SNES and 64, GameCube, and Wii are all still work as far as I know. And then Jason sent me a message and said, I've never actually sent in a console for repairs, but I used to work at a store where people would stop in for games. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm letting you absorb the pun there. People Wait. would stop in for games. Okay. I'm confused. Oh, oh, oh! I get it now. I get it now. During, during the early Xbox 360 days, I found myself swapping out my 360 every few months. During that time, we didn't have to take down the serial numbers for inventory purposes. So whenever one of our 360s would start to crap out, we just swapped for one of the many we got traded in that were procured from other marts with walls. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> It got to the point that we were swapping out our controllers when they wear down as well. I think it, it was finally, I think it was when they finally upgraded our sales system to something more modern and less akin to something found in a Fallout game that serial numbers were finally required and that put a stop to the console swapping. Mm. I do have a Wii that I need to get sent in. I called Nintendo a, a couple of years ago about it um, and the repair exchange at that point would have cost me $80. Like the savvy businessman I am, I said to hell with that and... Uh, my Wii, which has $1,000 worth of virtual console games, and WiiWare attached to it, still sits in a box, tucked away, rather than being sent in to have some chance of getting those games back. Karma, yeah. as they say, is a real ditch. That seems bad, because then you'd want to transfer it to a Wii U, and then we don't know if that's going to go anywhere after that. And then yeah. uh, Pete tweeted us and said, 360 red, red ringed on Christmas Eve night. Whoa. I was so Lovely. sad. He had three 360s right ring on him. Ugh. So yeah, the 360 had some issues. And it's kind of funny because every time I hear people complaining about the Switch, I just think of how horrible the 360 was. And I, I shouldn't make that comparison. But man, the 360 was a good and, and the funny thing about the 360 was that the problem started occurring like after the launch. Was it 
I forgot how long it was. Wasn't it like a year or two? No, 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 no. Right Ring of Death was like launch units. And for like a year afterwards. Well, I know it was launch units, but the the Red Ring problem wasn't immediate. Like within a couple of months, like the Switch problems, it was a delayed issue. Right, because I mean, the units had to overheat for them to conk out. So I mean, at launch, people weren't Red Ringing immediately. It, it took about three to six months for the problem to really sort of rear its ugly head. <clears throat> Are we out of stories? Yep. Aww. So we we need to figure out what our question of the week is. We should think about these things ahead of time. Yeah, maybe the host should. No, nah, I think the host's um, lovely partner should. <laughs> How about... How about Kelly do it then? I don't know. <laughs> Are you playing Persona 5? And if you're not, why not? Why not? <laughs> How dare you consider playing anything other than Persona 5? You terrible person. <laughs> the annoying thing is that I thought of one earlier and I'm completely blanking on it now. I should have wrote it down. I like mine. Oh, what is it? Oh, right. that. The one you just said. Oh, we're going with that? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, uh, it's time for me to tell you what's coming out this week and then I can ask you what you're going to play. All right. Is Persona 5 coming out this week? Persona 5 is coming out. I think out Persona this week. 5 is coming out this it's week. It's coming out. There are people that already have it because Europe has zero respect for street dates. Yeah. So, like, a bunch of my European friends have tweeted, like, holding their box both yesterday and today. Oh. And I think I have a couple Canadian friends that it's showing up for them on Monday. So, that's why I had you check our order. <laughs> Sorry. It was just like, hmm. <laughs> Uh, Persona 5's coming out on PS3 and PS4. There's the retail version, the PSN download version, the Steelbook edition, the Take Your Heart, you know, back when it was supposed to come out on Valentine's Day edition. (laughs) Well, there's still Thieves. There's another game coming out this week. No, there isn't. It's called Brave Dungeon. Yeah, that came out. Came out, well, still, it's... It's best we can no do for one Nintendo. is going against persona 5 you, you were thinking people. about playing brave dungeon what are you talking about yeah i know so this is a, a cool little this is like um it's a little indie company that their their games look like they should be shmups um but they're actually like action platformer games and so they decided to make a side story that was like a jrpg and it looks like a roguelike you're like going through the dungeon and exploring and stuff mm-hmm. so it's five bucks. I, am, so I should probably try it out at some point. So I am curious to know if there's anybody on the planet that's going to be playing the PS3 version of Persona 5. There's got to yes. be someone. In fact, I have seen someone. Wait. I saw someone tweeting that they had their PS3 copy. Who was that? I don't know. I'm I'm attempting to go through my Twitter quickly, and it's not coming up immediately. Must have been How overnight. Dare so. Yeah, no, there are people that are going to play it on PS3. And I am also sorely tempted to pick up the pre- PS3 version for no other reason than because I know it's probably going to have a low print run. Hmm. Yeah, but it's going to be on PSN. I mean, I know low low. I mean, it was it was a good investment to do that, like in the PS1 and PS2 era. But I kind of feel like we're we're at the end of that now. Oh, you still got crazy people that want complete box sets. That's true. No, I won't argue that. Considering there's people considering the price that some of the Natsume games have gone for on eBay, I will not argue that point. Con- considering that there's people that collect Engage 
there's people that want physical copies. <laughs> oh yeah, if you guys you guys should check out Google Gnome, by the way. Google Gnome? Yep. The smart yard you never knew you always wanted is here. Oh no. Can I punt Google Gnome? <laughs> I hope so. Google Gnome. Oh no. I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good. Point oh wow, cool! It's back. actually. Uh, oh, it's cute. They put a gnome hat on a Google Home. They <laughs> stuck it out in the yard. <laughs> I'm gonna watch that. All right. So, what are you gonna play this week, Anna? Persona Five. I'm gonna play Persona Five. Kelly. Persona Five. Alex. Yeah, probably Persona Five. <laughs> Alice already had to leave. I don't know what she's gonna be playing. I bet not Persona Five. Does she have a PS4? I don't know. Yeah, she does. Of course she does. Should. Pascal, what are you going to play? Legna Tactica. Oh, for frick's sake. <laughs> you contrarian. <laughs> Rebel. Why aren't you playing Persona? I have no good answer for this. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, everybody. At least you admit it. Now we're going to wrap the show and go get ready for Persona 5, apparently. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Send your feedback in and your answer to the question of the week at podcast at rpgamer.com or forums.rpgamer.com. Feedback at rpgamer.com is not an address. Do not use that address. <laughs> Don't try to use that address. Podcast at rpgamer.com. 608-729-4098 is the easiest way to send feedback. You just have to ramble on for 30 seconds. We'll play it right here on the show. Or you could say you don't want it played, and then I will read the Google transcription of what you said, <laughs> and that may be even more funny. <laughs> um, all right. And twitch.tv slash rpgamers, where you can catch the show live, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. We will see you in two weeks. Next weekend, and I will be at uh, Midwest Gaming Classic looking at old games that we can't afford. And uh, we will see you in two weeks then. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Cookie.